Previously on Funny Science Fiction. When you think about it, it's kind of interesting to think of Star Trek as like a 1960s and 70s Rosetta Stone. Uh, uh, (laughs) See, and I can't speak like him. Exactly! (laughs) Hi, this is Leah Jones, and you're listening to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast that tried turning special awkward into being special cool, but we just couldn't stick the landing. All right, guys, our guest today is one of the stars of the hit Netflix series, Lock and Key. Not to mention that she has an absolutely delightful singing voice. Seriously, you're going to want to check it out on YouTube. I did. I kind of fell into a little bit of a wormhole. Lots of fun. Uh, But the videos of her and her co-stars singing together on YouTube are quite enjoyable. Uh, Very delightful voices. But we're very proud and uh, very happy to welcome Halia Jones to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Welcome to the show, Halia. Hello, thanks for having me. And thanks yeah. for that lovely intro- introduction. I always forget that we put things out there into the world and people can actually consume them. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh yeah, that's the thing that we do. That was the thing that I made it so people could watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of funny what we can find on, on YouTube these days. You get into it's these little terrifying. wormholes. Right? <laughs> um, you know, there's things that I've put out there even, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot I put that out there. Um, yeah, you know, my but, yeah. Uh, one of my closest friends is a journalist at a very uh, like highfalutin um, news agency, whatever it's called. Anyway, before the show came out, I got her to do a complete deep dive, like complete stock of me, like into all the corners of the internet that she could find, because that's as a journalist what she's supposed to do is like find everything. And didn't find anything scandalous that I wasn't happy about. So that's the good part about it. But there's lots of singing videos, including my grade grade eight graduation song that I wrote that I wish I could take down. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> mean the so song funny. Celebration? Yeah. No, I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see that's c- congratulations. Congratulations. That's right. Yes. I didn't I'm see like, that one oh. at all. That's not mentioned in Tim's first question at all. I, d- I, I should not have brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't well, whether you, it was already there. <laughs> whether you were going to bring it up or not, one of us, <clears throat> me, uh, was probably going to bring it up anyway. Um, oh, well, I, hey, you know what? Uh, so my daughter is, uh, goodness gracious, freshman this year. That's right. Ninth grade. I had to think about that for a second. She's going to kill me when she sees this. Uh, But anyway, my daughter has a a very good singing voice. And, uh, you know, so she's done a lot of different singing things. And and so uh, she would have been about pretty close in age to you when you did your eighth grade graduation singing video. Um, And then I so I watched a couple of videos, not only the song Congratulations of of your eighth grade. Wait, so this was actually part of your first question. This was legitimately part of his first question. This was very much part of I just randomly brought that up because of the deep diving YouTube that you were talking about. Oh, my God. Natural tie and you did fantastic tie and you led right in. I have never been more grateful that my choir concerts are all literally on tape. They haven't been digitized. (laughs) Oh, give me time. I'm working on it. I was <laughs> in the background. <laughs> I was on the so, brink of that world. Yeah, so I'm I just mean, glad I didn't have a TikTok when I was a kid. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm glad no, that I didn't, like I wasn't raised in this time. At least I was far enough away where it's like in the home videos in like a full physical book with CDs and stuff. But imagine growing up with like little like a freaking this thing. 
That's terrifying. <laughs> anyway, continue. No, no, some of these kids, some of these kids with TikTok accounts are screwed when they grow up. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But no, I noticed that you know whether it was the 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 video that we've already mentioned a couple times or the the you singing with Amelia on the set of what looked to be on the set of Lock and Key, like it may be in a in a downtime, a little bit of a break. So. What I'm mostly curious about, because I always like to know people's backgrounds and their stories and, you know, kind of what what makes them who they are. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious about your musical interests and, you know, where where did you get your inspirations from for music? And and is so are you musical because your family's musical or are you musical because you just you're just musical? I think both. I think, um, like, I know friends who come from families that aren't musical, who are some of the greatest musicians I know, and vice versa. Um, I think the fact that I had, I grew up in a very musical family that fostered the innate ability of music within me, and as well as entertainment in general. Um, Like, my dad was still like a professional jazz pianist and like you could hum a tune and he can just play the whole freaking song. Like it's incredible. I love Um, people like that. I know. Well, the thing is, is that, so I also have a a half brother who's uh, the head of uh, music school and my brother, my uh, brother August is a, a musician who plays every freaking instrument (laughs) Like he'll pick up an instrument in a week and just be like, yeah, I learned how to play the tuba the other day. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And he produces, he's incredible. And that actually, um, so it's definitely in in my blood because also my half sister is also a musician and singer and et cetera, et cetera. It's all throughout the family. But um, that actually caused me to go away from it for a long time. I kind of, separated myself from music because I grew up playing the piano and I was just like I don't want to sit and do my scales anymore and so I stopped when I was maybe like 13 14 maybe the the edge of like high school and um I only refound it about three four years ago when my friend introduced me to an open mic and I fell back in love with it because no longer was it someone telling me I had to do it it was me finding it again and it truly changed my life like it it changed my whole perspective it changed the way that I could um acknowledge and reflect on my life and the experiences I had um because now I could put them into something outside of myself and so I think it was a mixture between family and natural ability but I think um it it depends like it's either or but I think having both of those is a great great thing I'm very grateful for now my parents would say told you so (laughs) oh never let your parents say that (laughs) yeah and they can't ever hear you admit that they would tell you so like that's end of the world well, I think they know, though, because I did uh, for season two, my gift to myself and my family was a baby grand piano. So I think that was a pretty big told you so. And that's like the biggest adult purchase I've ever made in my <laughs> life. Um, and when I moved downtown, my dad was like, are you going to take it with you? And I'm like, have you seen the size of my apartment? No, right. <laughs> like that no. belonged in the family house. Like this was a gift for all of us and to share my gratitude and stuff. And I was, you know blessed to be able to do something like that to thank them for the you know getting me into music but 
more so it was like me thanking the bloodline for bestowing upon me something so innate as creating a melody. Yeah. Nice. Really cool. And as a parent, I just want to say we do live for the moments where we get to say, I told you so. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> so it's fun. So there, but usually it's the my three-year-old tripping over something. And I'm like, I just want to say that though, that it does gain power as they get older. I cannot and, wait. You know, uh, <laughs> because, you know, having a 20, almost a 23 year old, a 19 year old and a, and a 14 year old or 15 year old now. Um, yeah. It, it's fun when you go, <laughs> yeah, I told you not to do that. See, yeah. dad was right. But sometimes you have to learn that for yourself. You just like, there are so oh, many sure. things where it's just like, you could have told me not to do that, but I really needed to feel the burn of it. Hey, I wasn't going to listen to you, but that was, that was this, that was this guy growing up. And then you made, you told me what (laughs) I did. I, I self-replicated three times and, um, my poor wife, I, I adore her. So, and she needs to be given a halo for sainthood. Um, but, but just to piggyback off that original question there, Halia, um, what were some of the musical artists though, that, that you drew inspiration from outside of family? Uh, now we're throughout my whole oh, life. Sure. Oh, I've been going through a deep dive of some old music. The first one that came, comes to mind is Avril Lavigne. Okay. Like, super big Avril Lavigne fan growing up. Um, like Hillary Duff was like right before and like Spice Girls. Those were like my earliest childhood memories. <laughs> um, as of recently, more like Bonnie Bear, uh, Nova One More, uh, that kind of stuff I remember growing up to Shania Twain um ABBA ABBA is huge in my family um okay Elton John Billy Joel like a lot of a lot of different sounds um yeah just like just like eric clapton like miles davis was like a big influence from my from my brother because i was like what are you listening to i want to listen to that too (laughs) um so yeah all over the all over the place but like as of recently like avril lavigne and madonna have been my big listen parties it's all over the place whenever you like whenever someone puts me on the spot it's like what's your favorite movie I'm like I've never watched a movie a day in my life like I don't know (laughs) it just I have suddenly can't can't remember anything where's my mind I don't know yeah fair enough I totally get that anytime somebody's like what's your favorite it's like (laughs) I don't know I don't don't have anything favorite I don't I have no idea (laughs) yeah so I also grew up in a musical family. My grandma was an opera singer. So I have a lot of childhood memories of my grandmother sewing while singing opera, which was just hilarious to wow. a small child. Yeah. And it, it, so, I mean, I understand that like you have all of those different influences. You have Miles Davis, you have Eric Clapton and they all kind of merge together to form you now. But you had said in a recent tweet, and this is where the the research comes in, because I was scrolling through your Twitter a little bit, Uh that your newest album is an experimental album, not meant to be played at parties, but to feel your feelings. Like, I really Mm -hmm. liked that tweet. That was a cool tweet. So what's your motivation behind helping people feel their feelings through your music? And besides your own music, what are your go-to artists right now to help you feel your own feelings? Mm. Ooh, 
so yay <laughs> again with the oh my god I put things out on the internet and the people actually <laughs> see it. people um, can find them <laughs> yeah um well the thing is like when I was making a lot of the songs that so that tweet was referred to referring to my album as is on SoundCloud which is um something I just like really softly released I didn't really push it much um and as is comes from just like they were a bunch of songs that I had made between I think I guess over the space of COVID and learning how to produce and they aren't perfect there are definitely parts where I'm just like oh that could have been done better or whatever but it's as is like it was just like I'm not revisiting these songs I'll admit sometimes I was just like it's either I can't find the file for them because they were made so so long ago and I have horrible organizational skills when it comes to that stuff, or I'm just <laughs> <laughs> way too lazy to go back in and fix it. Um, or I just feel like, okay, you know what? It, it's good enough because so many artists I know have so many incredible songs that never see the light of day because they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so getting back to your question, I, I don't know, like, I didn't go into it being like, I'm going to make an album that's going to make people feel things. Like, I think I was just needing to feel. And um, Bonnie Bear is a huge inspiration to me. And it's not even like, oh, I'm going to make a song like Bonnie Bear song. It's not even that because there are so many different, like, pieces from different sounds and, and, what, and, and artists that I, I merge into my stuff that I don't even know what I'm doing like I'm just like oh this sounds good that sounds like a thing you know and it just happens but I really wanted people to like you'll see it in the in the numbers in the SoundCloud like the first song has like 900 numbers like clicks or whatever and then the second one has 500 and then the third one has like I don't know I haven't checked like 400 300 or something like that and someone actually wrote to me being like, maybe you should change the first song and not make it the first song. Because like, people are going to be like, why are you doing these weird sounds? Like some, some guy called it like a moaning track. And I was like, that's not what it is, but okay. Um, well, thanks for going awkward there, Chet. Yeah. So. I was like, what? And like, <laughs> we know, thanks for showing me where your mind's at, buddy. Like, right. And so I, Put it there i put it that song is the first one which is a very ethereal not melodically driven song mm -hmm. because if someone's not willing to sit through that one feel that one because if you sit with it in your headphones in like a dim space you'll feel it like there's something there that i captured i don't remember recording it i don't remember making it i think i was like very early pan pandemic halia like probably a little stone in my attic apartment downtown Toronto and <laughs> I don't remember making it but it sets up for the rest of the album which is an album of letting go um letting go of of a past lover and a past experience and a past self um and I feel like a lot of people go through that in so many ways whether it be relationships family friendships or the changing of themselves, we have to let go of the past and move forward with it. And I think that first song is kind of like a, it's setting the tone of 
zoning into oneself and being content in the now and the present that we're in. And um, so I don't want people hopping around it. Like, I don't want people going to like the seventh song and then going to the second song because it doesn't work like that. Like mm -hmm. the day before I released it, all the songs got jumbled because I, I tried to do something on SoundCloud. I don't know if technology is in my strong suit and I had to relist them. And what was interesting was I couldn't fully remember how they were listed, even though they were like ready to be published for so long. Um, and I listened to all the songs and the lyrics intently again and found a lot of the story way clearer than I ever had before. And um, when people sit down to listen to it, I want them to find their own story and experience the emotions that come up and allow themselves to experience that. And I think that's what the first track does is it just kind of breaks down those walls of expectation and just says, okay, where the heck is this going? Let's just go with it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also really influenced by uh, Now, N-A-O, which is an incredible artist who also produces all of her stuff. Um, and her album, For All We Know, is incredible. Like that's a listen start to finish album and each song mm -hmm. kind of goes into the next one and that's another influence. But I think I only answered half of the question. That's totally fine. I, <laughs> you have, great. You, you've gone into the, the artists that are influencing as well. Like that's really cool. Fun. Sweet. Was that really? the second half of the question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you got it. You're good. Okay. okay oh, so I think good. we're good. I forgot what the other half of your question was, but I was just listening to your answer. I liked it. So you're doing great. So <laughs> wait, I can go on tangents for a long time. So I didn't know if we were like time sensitive. Or anything uh, like no, you know so what? We We've tangents. always said we love tangents. Okay. The long-winded answers are always the best answers because more details sweet. come out and we, we get to find out more stuff. So no and worries, I though. honestly sometimes through these answers discover things too because put on the spot to discuss a piece of art is really interesting because you when you're on your own thinking about it like your brain can like want some big answer but trying to mold it down into like a smaller answer like a bite-sized perspective of the piece really forces an artist myself to reflect on it in a way that is manageable for someone else to understand which mm -hmm. like I sometimes don't even understand my own songs until months later and I'll like explain it to someone or something mm -hmm. or they'll explain it to me and I'll be like oh that's what it means <laughs> so that's what, yeah by Jove I got it <laughs> yeah yeah so I personally love to see and hear stories about behind the scenes kind of things and mm -hmm. so I was re-watching Lock and Key and the one thing I thought would be fun to get a story behind is the scene when Kinsey uses the music box against you in the school cafeteria you yeah. did a really good job with acting that and thank you so do you have like any behind the scenes stories that you can share about that scene Oh my goodness. Um, <clears throat> wow, that feels like forever ago. Um, geez, I haven't thought about that day in a long time, but it's been, it's been funny seeing how that has been one of the number one scenes that people love 
discussing and and going on to set for season two it was really interesting because one of the crew members came up to me and he was like so you were like on wires right and this man has worked on films forever and ever so like you would think like you know he'd maybe like he's having a set perspective of it he's like you were on wires right and I was like no I wasn't like that was just me just doing like the thing you know <laughs> and he was like mind blown at it and um I've always been like a very athletic uh flexible person since I was young so it was uh funny because I was working with Roberto Capinella who's uh worked with Guillermo del Toro and some incredible people and we were choreographing this this thing and he was like okay can you put your leg up on the table and I just whoop, like <laughs> and he was like <laughs> like <laughs> no thought to it just move like all of these things that typically I think given another actor who's not as body aware as I feel very very grateful that I am would not really know what to do with themselves so I feel like they kind of were like oh struck gold on this one like she's willing to do whatever and she can do it and so I was like we did two separate rehearsals leading up to the day and then the day came and it was the first day I had ever been on set where it was just like dedicated to my scene um everything that I had done like season one wasn't like a huge role it became one um but everything that I had had done up until then was like a little scene here and there you know maybe like a few lines and so it was like the most exciting thing for me because I was like oh my god everyone's here to like I'm gonna do the performing like I'm a performer like <laughs> you know and uh so we got to we got to filming and um that initial fall uh I literally fell every single time like I tripped myself and I've never really done stunt training I've never done like stage combat or whatever so I was just kind of making it up as I go and just hoping everyone like kind of believed me so I was literally tripping myself like not even smartly like probably could have broken my knees um but I had padding and everything and Mark, the director comes up to me. He's like, you know, you don't have to fall every time. Like we can cut, like we can, it's fine. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, like, you, let's go again. <laughs> and so we kept doing, we, we started doing the table stuff. And there was this like background actor across from me. who was like, I didn't know I was going to get food all over me. <laughs> and I was like, you're saying that you didn't know that you were going to get food on you? Girl, wait. <laughs> <laughs> And um, it was just really, really, really funny. So she had like, she and a few other people had put like plastic garbage bags like over their clothes and stuff like that. Meanwhile, I'm like super soaking myself with moisturizer in a bottle. It's supposed to look like ranch. And God knows what was in that smoothie. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> no clue. All I knew is it got really weird and crusty after it dried, and it was. Oh, um, but I not sound appealing it, at all. It, it was. It was not. But luckily, it wasn't like actual smoothie. Like, if you look at it, is it a chocolate smoothie or is it a strawberry smoothie? No one knows. All it is oh. is really gross. Um, but the ranch was in fact moisturizer. Um, which I was like, oh nice, nice little moisturization in the middle of my work day. 
Um, but we did that shot in one take. One take. Uh, when you see my like my back's turned and my hand comes up like this and goes around. That was all one take, and I was shaking like a freaking leaf. Like it was, because I was like, I don't want to go and get reset. I don't want to have to go wash my hair and wash my face and get new clothes and stuff. We're gonna do this once, right? And it was really, it was exhilarating. Like there were a few moments in season two that were also the kind of same kind of thing where I was like, <gasps> I love my job. <laughs> <laughs> what I that's what I can recall at the moment <laughs> and then the lap dance on the statue don't even get me started that was the most awkward <laughs> thing I've ever done in my life <laughs> weirdest thing ever uh, you did a really good job being scared when Kinsey's fear was at the window like you. <laughs> did you did you know that was going to happen or did they like surprise you with that Oh no! Um, I mean, we did have a knack in season one to do, to scare Amelia a lot, which would have been funny. But no, um, I knew what that was happening because we had to do from so many different angles. Um, and when it like comes back on me, it's like straight through the window. But we did actually have I think her name was Erica. We had Erica in costume as the fear monster popping out every time um but no I didn't I like I did I knew that was coming and um that's also been another thing like my mom called me afterwards she was like you did such a good job being scared like you looked really really scared and I'm like good I'm doing my job right <laughs> put me in the Yay, new me. franchise like I want to be in the new screen franchise yeah <laughs> nice so there was some good news uh, back in, was it November, I believe, where uh, Lock and Key has been renewed for a third season uh, on Netflix. You guys will be coming back. Literally one of the good things to come from the hellscape that has been 2020 and 2020 part two, Electric Boogaloo, also known as 2021. Um, and now 2022. If it's part <laughs> three, I swear to God. I swear. Anyway. Uh <laughs> Uh, but I was thinking that maybe for the show, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the show, rather, that you could give just a, a brief overview of, you know, who your character is, how how she fits into the show. And then maybe also um, inform everybody exactly how cute uh, Jackson Robert Scott is, who plays Bodie, because holy crap, that little dude is cute. So cute. Yeah. He's so sweet. Um, so for Eden season one and two. Sure. Because uh, those are two different people. <laughs> I know. <They> are. <laughs> in, in ways that I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched. Let's just say that uh, Eden's unhinged and then in season two, she's just completely off the hinges. Completely. Just the door is not even there. She just walks right through. She's like, what's up? <laughs> I don't know how to get it. I like I've done so many interviews about this character and I have no idea how to explain her because like she's so a part of me and apart from me in the weirdest <laughs> ways. Um Eden okay, season so one is is Eden season one is the the Regina George of of Matheson 
uh, boarding uh, academy or whatever it's called. And that's a Mean Girls <laughs> reference, right? Am I right? Yes. You, yes. you are yes. right. <laughs> it's a fabulous movie. If you haven't watched it, Tim, very, you need to. Very good. No, I and have. Also- that's the thing. I have watched that movie. I know that movie. I just, I just had to sit there and go, Regina George. I know I know that name. Why do I know that name? So yeah. Anyway, it's one of my, it's one of my husband's favorite movies. I just, it's you know, that, that was one of my squirrel moments. We're just going to keep going. Go ahead. They filmed it in Toronto too. Like they filmed it in my hometown, which I'm like, uh, bring back those kinds of movies. Um, so season one, she's like the the basic mean mean girl, but really I just think that she just wants, she needs some good friends, um, which is hard to get when you're in high school. So I actually related a lot with Eden um, in those terms. And as we see the progression of uh, her character over the two seasons, um, she definitely, let's put these in, in, in spoiler free terms. She becomes intoxicated with the pursuit of power and pleasure. Fair enough. Okay. Wow. I should have used that in, <laughs> in other... I just came up with that. That's good. And now <laughs> you have a perfect way to word it for next time. Somebody asks you a question similar yeah. to mine. There you go. Yeah. Without spoiling anything. Yeah. yeah. I think that was really well done. Jolly good show. Uh, I I haven't watched it, so I'm I'm actually grateful for no spoilers. Okay, sweet. Yeah, You're season well. two Eden's so much cooler, <laughs> like way cooler though. Like I gotta say, her season like Eden season two is just absolutely a bombshell <laughs> in so many ways, terms, so many versions of that term. She's a bombshell. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. The E, well, you can't really see oh, yeah. it, but that's, that's oh, an yeah. E pillow. That uh, is a pillow that I got um, when we announced season three. Like we all held up those like little oh, signs that cool. had letters and stuff. Yeah, oh, nice. so I got the E. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Very time. cool. <laughs> so I also noticed that you're credited as older girl in an episode of The Boys. I love that that was the credit though <laughs> older girl no name no name for her well and I'm also uh, I like I, I was laughing at it with the she's five years younger than me she's classified as older girl really really yeah. that's where we're going with this I <laughs> think it was it was older girl um in comparison to the other kids around I guess and right even then, like, I think it was like yeah yeah because there was like younger girl um yeah, that was that was a time. Which they just announced season three premieres June third of that show. Wow. So it makes me wonder really? if it was like it was like a Pokemon thing where you had to catch them all. There was the older girl, the medium girl, and the younger girl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> were they like the yeah. Russian dolls, the Russian nesting dolls, where they all just hidden inside of each other? Or <laughs> well, what's funny is that my career has been kind of like a Russian nesting doll progression. Uh, and older girl, I think that was like the third thing I'd done because I I know the first thing I did was working moms where I was Pilates teacher Mm -hmm. uh no lines I just had to flick my hair very sassily and aggressively towards one of the main women uh the second one was Handmaid's Tale it was improv scene that they didn't end up using but it was I still got it it's not on my credits though because it wasn't in the final show unfortunately but you were still uh, there. Still I counts. was still there. 
I was still there. I was still paid. That's what matters. That is really, when it comes down to it, that's what matters. Hey, we Big all got to eat. We all got to eat. Um, that's right. And then there was, uh, I think the boys came after that, which was older girl, where I had one line. Mm-hmm. And that was like, well, did you, did you have sex with him? PG-13. Right? <laughs> Whispers. Um, and that was, that was funny. I was just looking for Chase Crawford everywhere. I, uh, I just wanted to hang out with Chase Crawford and Seth Rogen and they weren't even there. It was really depressing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> I worked up and, uh, and then I ended up on Lock and Key and that's, that's where everything changed. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So with, with the boys, are you a superhero fan anyway, or was it the, Hey, there's this little background role that is available for you? Um, no. So I, it's all in the hands of my, um, my agents. So mm-hmm. agents are kind of like the foundation of, of connection through roles. I mean, there are different things, like you can find different ways of, of getting on, onto productions and stuff as an actor. But for me, I had, uh, I have an agent, um, who sent me an audition and was like, Hey, it's a one-liner for this show, the boys no one had heard about it before but I was like oh my god it's Seth Rogen like (laughs) I want to work with Seth Rogen um I'm still manifesting that I'll work with Seth Rogen on a a way bigger capacity than that one day Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah so they connected me with it so I've actually never really been much of I feel I feel like I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna get like (laughs) exiled here (laughs) like See, like seeing both of your screens like <laughs> at least Nick's like a little bit neutral but both of you are like yeah. nerds I don't know what you're talking about we're we're not nerds at all just I focus love, I love the concept of it like I love the concept of of being a part of this world outside of our own Mm-hmm. And I was just never introduced to it as a, like, as a kid, like my parents weren't into it. We didn't have family members who were into it. My brother was a bit, but it was like his bro thing to do with his dude friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that and like guitar hero. Um, and <laughs> so I've never really been a big superhero fan or like comic book fan but when I did book lock and key I read the books and I I loved them I thought they were great fair enough so is there an aspect of sci-fi that you're looking at wanting to get into that you find interesting and intriguing now as an actor or just as like a consumer just as a consumer even I mean with all the hype about spider-man and like how like you know Tom Holland and Zendaya look together. I mean, yeah, I want to get into that world. Like <laughs> Zendaya. Like, um, I mean, I am in I am in COVID quarantine right now, so I probably could, but I feel like I'd have to like quarantine for a month if I wanted to get into the whole MCU uh, world, right? That's just so expansive. It is pretty uh, big, but yeah, yeah. a couple days, also, a couple days with Disney Plus, you'll be good to go. Yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah. pretty well spelled out on Disney Plus, like yeah. In order, my brother's nice. my brother is going from like the full out order, like the, the all the intertwined things. Timeline order right now. Yeah, I'm, watch, I'm watching him in timeline order. I just 
Uh, actually, when I get home tonight, I'll be starting Iron Man 2. I've gone through the other Ooh. the first few movies. Now I'm into Iron Man 2. So. I think it's so fascinating like to think that the brains of, of um, it was Stan Lee, right? He mm-hmm. kind of was the, the pinnacle of like creating mm-hmm. this whole world. Like what an incredible super mind. Like, I find oh, it yeah. so fascinating. And it's incredible. Like I was watching an interview with Andrew Garfield, I think the other day where he was talking about how when he put on the suit, he kind of realized that it wasn't him. It wasn't about him in the suit. It was the suit and anyone could be in the suit. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're stepping into this character that's larger than life and opens up this whole realm of opportunity for kids to kids in, of all ages uh, to see the potential of life and, and, you know, expand their imagination and stuff like that. And it doesn't, especially with the Superman uh, or a Spider-Man suit, like you, you don't see any flesh tone. Right. So it's like anyone can be in that suit. And it's, I just find it a beautiful like concept and community. I just haven't found my way into it yet. But I am now that I'm like in the, the comic book world with Hawk and Key. I just, <laughs> I think if I'm going to start going to comic cons, I should probably learn a thing or two. <laughs> maybe, maybe a couple things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I have to say that if you don't want to jump into the whole MCU, you could yeah. go the route of Deadpool and start there. True, I do like me some Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. Oh, to be Blake Lively. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. Because she's gorgeous and married to Ryan Reynolds. In addition exactly. to hundreds of other reasons. Everything else, yeah. <laughs> to be in just like that relationship, anyway, I could talk all day. They're, they're did you, gorgeous. Did you oh, they're adorable. They're relationship recent- goals instagram post and twitter post i think about their no. their youngest being obsessed with baby shark and no only, but i'm gonna check that out there's only one way to cure her of this and it's a picture of blake lively sitting on a surfboard from her whatever i don't remember what shark movie she was in in the sha- the shallows or something yes. like that yes yeah like oh he, my god implying he's going to make the one-year-old watch shallows i'm like <laughs> I never thought about that. What? That was an option. <laughs> they have like the best relationship ever. They really do. <laughs> I want Tim that. is like, you're a little bit upset that you haven't made that joke, aren't you, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> Smidgen, cool. perhaps. Oh, we Smarted you again. That's yeah, gonna happen. It's Ryan Reynolds. So, Halia, we all have had something in our lives that encourage us or drive us to aspire to things what is like a piece uh, or words of wisdom that have like touched you that you would like to share with people um I mean there's a lot to put into words but maybe the experience that I had when I was in high school that um like I said I went away from music for a while and and it was largely because I didn't get into the arts program in my school. And I auditioned for the vocal program and for the acting program, and I didn't get into either. And that was because I didn't have good like academics. Like I'm very ADHD. I couldn't sit down and like focus. I just didn't really care much for school. I love learning, but the way that they were teaching just wasn't great for my brain. Um, but I would like, perform at school shows and stuff and just didn't 
feel like I was kind of like, well, why are you here? You're not part of the arts program. And there were so many opportunities given to me to give up and just not do it. And I did, I did. I like stepped away from music for a while. I stepped away from like auditioning for the school show and um, all that stuff. And then Degrassi came and auditioned like 600 people at my school. And as I was in line, someone asked me what I was doing there. I was like, I'm here to audition. Like this is the audition line. And four people got a call back and I was one of them. And I went in for the callback and the casting director was like, I really like you for this role, but like, I can't cast you because you don't have camera training, go get trained and then come back to me. And a few years later, I actually auditioned for her again. And I told her after the audition, I was like, Hey, just by the way, this incited this, this drive within me to go and professionally train myself. And so I think that has been the greatest lesson. One of the greatest lessons I've ever learned was just like, <laughs> I could have gone to university like everyone told me to. And I'm not saying don't go to university, like go to university if you'd like to, but there's more options out there. Like there's a lot of the people who were like, oh, well, I had someone say to me, like, you're not gonna do much with your life if you don't go to university. And I know so many people who went to university and still don't know what they're doing with their lives. So it's like, I'd rather take that risk and, and just do something that you love to do. And I'm glad that I did that. And it wasn't certain. There were many days where I would like, I was like in acting classes in the bathroom, crying on the phone to my mom being like, have I messed it all up? Like, why am I here? What am I doing? And um, I've gotten lucky, but I truly believe that luck only comes to those who are prepared for it. And you have to work for what you want. It's not going to just be handed to you. And most likely you're going to get handed way more rejections than you're going to get handed yeses and support. Like, it's great if you have a few people who are going to support you, but you have to support yourself more than any of those people. Because at the end of the day, you're the only person who's going to actually make it happen for you. Um, so that was an experience that I think as devastated and sad I was to not get into those programs and how horrible it was of a time for me. It was like a really depressing, you know, uncertain of who I am and where I was going time. It ended up being one of the most beautiful gifts ever. And I'm really glad for that because this industry rejection is like my best friend, like, <laughs> I can want a thing like a, a show so badly I'll pour my heart and soul into the audition and I'll never hear back and then like two years from now or like you know a year and a half from now I'll see a deadline article being like this actor is starring in this thing and I'm like I wanted that thing <laughs> and it's like, okay well that's that's great for them. Like that's meant for them. It's not meant for me. Like I auditioned for so many things that I wanted so badly that I wouldn't have been able to do lock and key if I booked it. And so learning that rejection is sometimes the biggest blessing in the world. And to use that rejection to fuel just continuing to do it as long as there's passion and there's, there's joy in it. As long as, as soon as the joy is gone, soon as the passion is run dry, 
maybe that's when to kind of look at everything and be like, okay, what can I do differently? What's going wrong here? But like, yeah. And uh, that's probably been one of the biggest lessons I've, I've learned. And I hope that somebody can take something from that long winded rant. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. It made me think there's two ways that you can respond to rejection. You can do what you did and you can try to turn it into opportunity or it creates a really awesome uh, evil villain background story. So I'm glad you chose option number one. Or you so, could just do both. Or there's both. Yes. You could have an evil opportunity. There you go. I so. definitely like the way she <laughs> And this is how Eden came to life. There you go. <laughs> like, exactly. Literally all of season two is like me seeing this opportunity with season one and being like, and then they but gave me if? the opportunity. <laughs> but what if? Yeah. What if she was like, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on another show, Kathleen and I uh, host, we've talked with a few Canadian folks like yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, we have one particular question that we like to ask our Canadian friends. Because we so here it is. Even though we're not on Pop Culture Addicts right now, I'm going to ask you anyway. What's your favorite poutine? Oh. Because um... poutine. I mean... I don't even know what a poutine is. <gasps> How do you not know what poutine is, Nick? Oh my gosh. That hurts Dad. me to my soul. I am crushed. Dad, sad Nick. Poutine is basically a uh, poutine, like is um, fries slathered in gravy and cheese, mm -hmm. like um, like, uh, cheese curds. like cheese curds. And then you can put like meats on it and stuff like different things. Um, so to answer your, your question, I went vegetarian six years ago and then I went vegan <laughs> three years ago for like two years, maybe a year. I went hardcore vegan for like a couple months to a year. Now I'm more so I'm stay on plant-based. So I don't eat meat at all. Uh, and I wasn't eating like gravy and cheese. <laughs> so I was just having poutine without the toppings, which is a surprise. French fries. Um, so you're having but, fries. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but once in a, but I did, there was a vegan poutine uh, uh, truck one day and I slathered the barbecue jackfruit all over that. I got all the vegan things and it was, freaking delicious like my friend who's not vegan had some and was actually like oh wow this is really good so that's my favorite barbecue jackfruit pulled poutine that sounds delicious yeah. I... or poutine or like a, a a fry dipped in a wendy's uh um frosty. what is it milk frosty yeah <laughs> my daughter fries. does that fries and frosty yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll do that with cool. the chicken nuggets too. Just like Ooh. oh, I haven't no. had a chicken nugget in so long. <laughs> it kind of makes my stomach turn. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I could you mean dip them in a frosty, didn't you? Is that what you meant? Yeah. No, no, gotta don't pass on that. Until one. You try it. Do it. No, passing hard. Uh to quote the to quote uh, <laughs> uh pit, the pitch perfect movie, no hard pass hard pass so what so. is your your chicken nugget dip of choice tim uh honey mustard hot honey mustard 
always and then I, and then I dip and then I dip my French fries in the hot honey mustard too because that's delightful. Oh, wow. There was a kid I used to babysit who dipped them in caramel, chicken nuggets in caramel sauce. That's weird. I thought it was weird. really weird, but it's delicious. It's like salted caramel on chicken. It shouldn't work. Well, that's like the chicken on waffles. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get it, but then you put some like maple syrup on it, and it's great. Yeah, I understand how it works, but it does. Especially if it's like, like next day fried chicken, like leftover KFC fried chicken with waffles in the morning. (laughs) 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 I totally understand. It it is one of those like, why would you do that? Yeah, but I get it because I have done it before, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've, I've like definitely been there done it before like chicken nuggets chicken wings and uh junior chickens or junior mcchickens were the hardest things for me to give up and now if it's in in the room just because I haven't had those smells in so long like I just like it's something like within me just like like it just doesn't sit well with me but like go ahead eat it I'm not going to give you a hard time but (laughs) I just don't like it I appreciate that. I get that. And all of a sudden in my head, all I can hear is chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna. Anyway, we were, we were asking uh, <laughs> curious, journalistic, responsible questions. Uh, so please, go I, ahead. Have a, I have a sort of follow up to Tim's question. And now it's even more complicated with the are there vegan things to order at Tim Hortons? What's your Tim Hortons order? There are like no vegan things at Tim Hortons except for their like their potato wedges. I'm so mad about it. They didn't even have alternative milk until like a month ago. Oh my like word. Like it, I don't understand. I was like, because here's the thing. Here's the thing about vegan eating. It's not plants only. Like it's not like eating like a bunny. It's just meals without certain ingredients. <laughs> like that's all it is. Right. That's all it is. And everyone can eat vegan. Not everyone can eat non-vegan, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it just seems like a really smart business move to open up the opportunity for the percentage of the population who doesn't drink milk, who doesn't eat meat, who don't eat eggs, who don't want to, but love Timmy's because they're Canadian or just because they're, you know, like Timmy's, but mainly because they're Canadian and since and they're delicious and i think we're like signed by birth that you have to like at least have tim hortons at least once a year um as a canadian um it's a rite of passage uh even as michiganders when we're we're just junior canadians we're junior canadians it's okay (laughs) yeah there's like a kind of there like you have a craving for it you just have to pass over (laughs) the border there's there's a few in michigan oh yeah in michigan yeah we're spreading you are like half an hour from my house and i'm doing the i'm gonna be down there tomorrow yeah we do the same thing just five minutes from my place important tomorrow (laughs) yeah if anytime we have to drive towards the, the the next biggest city from our house where there actually is a couple of Tim Hortons. We're like, well, yeah. I have to do something on the south side of town, so we'll go to that one. And then while we're on the north side of town, we'll go to that one. And then our way back home, we'll stop at the south side one again. So yeah, it, it's totally like that. the whole the whole plot around town and doing our <laughs> errands is based around where can I get my next fix of Timmy's? Of Timmy's, yeah. 
because I am I'm an addict that's that's like us too and it's just like going from the cottage home it's just like okay where's the next Timmy's we got to go to the next Timmy's but here's the thing though Timmy's used to have really good coffee and then apparently I don't know if this is rumor mill or real but like I I'm like convinced it's real um they sold their coffee bean to McDonald's and so now Timmy's doesn't have the greatest coffee anymore McDonald's has the greatest coffee I would argue that very strongly. I, I, yeah, I don't think that's true in the state. Because right? the the yeah, because the McDonald's by my house, um, their coffee is so bitter. It's basically poured through an old boot before it's put into your cup. <laughs> it's yes, pretty yeah. horrendous. It's really? it's god awful. I would, uh, yeah. But no. that weird part of the the internet where it's like drinking Bailey's from a boot, like old Greg, like is that old Greg? <laughs> old Greg seems to be having like a. I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe no, I don't. But uh, know what I mean by drinking Bailey's from a from boot. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. It's just come up on TikTok a lot of just being like old Greg. And anyway, but yeah, I I don't like my, many coffee spots. Um, and I have a Starbucks at the end of my street, which has been really dangerous. Um, oh, yeah. It's just expensive. <laughs> like it's so expensive. They are expensive. Like, right. Yeah. I'm paying for everyone's salary in this moment right now. See, and <laughs> it's like, funny. I remember I was like 15 when we went to Toronto for a week and we stayed at a, I think it was a Holiday Inn. And they literally had a Tim Hortons like connected to the hotel. I'm not surprised. Like it was, yeah. it was. I think there was a door between the two yeah. and it was the, this is where we are spending all of our vacation money. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, I doesn't, just, yeah. it doesn't matter that we're planning on going to the science center and the Toronto zoo and the ROM. No. Tim Hortons. There's a Tim Hortons. Yeah. Just yeah. put a folding hideaway bed into the Tim Hortons for me. Come back. Yeah. Y'all can come back and visit me later. I'll be right here drinking my next cup. Like we yeah. got I'll have so the shakes in four hours, but it'll be fine. We got up one morning and my dad had a cup of coffee and I'm like, Oh, so like the continental breakfast is there. He's like, Timmy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to, absolutely. To answer your question, I would say that used to be the harvest vegetable soup that they don't have anymore. I was like, okay, oh. great, guys. You take off the one thing that I can eat. Um, and if I'm feeling like drinking dairy, I really love ice caps. Ice caps but they, are delicious. Yeah, but like half sweet. They can be really, really sweet. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my Oh, extra yeah. large triple triple oh that's intense whoa <laughs> no wonder you're having the shakes man <laughs> i'm fine what do you mean i'm fine i mean stick with a double double it's okay you can do the double yeah. i have too much adhd for that like no, see, if i'm <laughs> so if i get Tim. anything but the if i get anything but the extra large i go down to a double double the extra large it's a little bit bigger. It allows for the little bit more of sugar in it. If okay. I get a large, if I get a large, it's a double double. If I get the extra large, it's a triple triple because otherwise it's right on the verge of, of not having enough sweet or being oh. just, you know, or having a little bit of the, the, the bitter bite back that coffee okay. can have sometimes. Yeah. I'm oh, I drink anything? my coffee black. <laughs> I drink my coffee ah, yes. black. Like my soul. These, <laughs> these young people and their existential coffee crises. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And here's me. Here's me stomp footing around here, going, "We don't have any creamer." 
what are we poor? Anyway. Well, I love I love black coffee, black tea. I think I became quite the person for black coffee and black tea because black tea was because I worked at David's Tea and I wanted to like taste the flavors of the tea so I can advise people and be a tea guru. Um, and then black coffee was because I had an ex boyfriend who. I wasn't a coffee drinker until I started dating him and we would go walk his dog and get Timmy's and we'd get black coffee and he would get black coffee and I would just drink all of his. <laughs> and so he was like, Fair why enough. don't I just start getting you one? And he started getting me one. And now I just, I was done for from that day on. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need creamer. Like just, just it's helpful. It's just helpful. enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't been in, I through enough yet in my coffee anymore. I use butter instead of creamer. Oh, like a bullet coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, if you have you ever tried, and this is so totally off topic for anything we're doing, <laughs> but I love this we conversation. I absolutely love this conversation, by the way. Um, if uh, Irish butter, have you tried that? Put that in your creamer because it's a little. From it's, Irish uh, cows. Kerrygold. But, 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 yes, Kerrygold. That's all Irish I use butter. is Kerrygold. So I'll put like four tablespoons of Kerrygold in there, and I blend it all up. And you're gonna die by the time what you're forty. But yeah, say, what do your arteries think of this? <laughs> they love it. Oh my God, Getting sits nice down, with, sits down with his butter coffee and his chicken nugget ice cream. All right, okay. Well, the arteries feel like they're getting a hug when they're really just suffocating. <laughs> right there, Hilly is like, and I'm done. We're tapping out. Where's that end button? All right. <laughs> All right, Halia, we're at a point of our show where we like to run our guests through a little bit of a quiz. And you're going to, so it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. I promise you it's a five question quiz. All right. We call this quiz the year of the movie. Okay. So you'll be given uh, three movie titles and then you'll get, be given three different years, which all those movies may have come out in. So you'll, oh, no. it's multiple choice. And I am, I love the horror on your face right now. It's, this is awesome. Um, not very literate when it comes to movies but we'll just see what happens all right so there's five questions like i said there's there's five questions if you get three of them correct we want to send you this i gave to the red shirt widows and orphans fund coffee mug okay, okay. which on the back side of it also has our show logo okay, Sweet. okay. If, if you get four questions correct we'll send you that coffee mug and the book nick do you have the book no Okay, then we're going to use this book, <laughs> Custodians of the Cosmos, written by our show Wait, founder, Drayton okay. Allen. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, okay. Drayton Can Allen. You put, also like, happened... the... Yeah, go sorry, ahead. sorry. Go, go no, I was ahead, just going to ask, could you deliver it? Can you deliver the coffee mug with a triple triple in it? Probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, but uh, Custodians of the Cosmos was written by our show founder, Drayton Allen, uh, written about something that is quite light. Uh, not like Star Trek at all uh, for legal uh, lit litigious reasons, um, but written about it, a man who wanted to join something like Starfleet, but for again, litigious reasons is not Starfleet. Um, and he couldn't make it. So he rejoined as a custodian so he could boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. So, uh, but we'll send you that book as well if you get four. Now, however, if you can't get at least three of these right and you get two or less, we take a picture of you. We make a meme out of you and we put you into our 194,000 member Facebook group. 
Amazing. Okay. Well, I'm get, I feel like I'm going to set myself up for that one, unfortunately, anyway, knowing how illiterate I am when it comes to movies. I just got a projector the other day. It came in the day after I tested positive for COVID. And <laughs> I've been watching throwback films on my wall. Nice. So I'm going to go watch all of these movies that you're about to school me on. We'll keep you busy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. Good. All right, Nick, lead it out. The Matrix, The Mummy, and 10 Things I Hate About You, did they come out in 2005, 2001, or 1999? 1999. You are correct. Yeah. There's one. I just watched The Matrix for the first time like a month ago. Ooh. Hate me. <laughs> Look at you doing show prep and you didn't even you know, know what's it. funny is I've never seen the first one. I've seen the sequel, but not the first one. Really? <laughs> yeah. That, great. that seems problematic. And it I thought about watching 10 sense. things I hate. I thought about watching 10 things I hate about you last night. So it yeah, is that's a, what I'm great. watching tonight. It's a great show. Yeah. I love, that I love that one. I think that's gonna be on our watch list for tonight. Those are okay, hit me again. those are all great movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right question two. two. Spider-Man 2, Dodgeball, and The Village. Is it 1987, 2004, or 2014? 2004. That is correct. Two yeah! for two. I'm kind of like, I just can picture the kind of the vibe of mm -hmm. the shows. And I'm like, what's the aesthetic of this time? <laughs> okay, I need to watch Dodgeball again. Awesome, All right, good. two for two. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Fury, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. Was that 2014, 2001, or 2009? 2014. You are correct. Three for three. I said it as you said it. You did. <laughs> did anyone hear me? All right. I did hear you say 2014. <laughs> that was like my middle, my middle school years, I guess. Yeah, that's no. encouraging. That? <laughs> wow, Tim, Tim, is this how you feel all the time? Yes, yes. Every single time we interview somebody and you remind me how old I am. Yes, oh. absolutely. That, that soul-crushing, heart-sinking. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So, uh, but yeah, so you've earned your I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund coffee mug. Wait. She says 2014 middle school, high school, and I'm like, that's the year I got married. Um. It's okay. Wait, no, 2014 is the year is great was grade 11 for me because I graduated in 2015. So, okay, so that's not terrible. Not horrible. I feel a little bit mm -hmm. myself, but not as bad. <laughs> I was trying to think, I wasn't thinking about the date. I was thinking more of like when was I obsessed with the Hunger Games? Because I okay. read all those books and they were great. And I think I guess I was in high school. Or like right before, I guess mid like early high school, because then yeah. the movies would have come out later, but yeah. All right. There you Question go. number four. Wonder Woman 84, Birds of Prey, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Like 2019. <laughs> 2018, 2020, or 2021? 2020. That is correct. Yeah. Four for four. So coffee mug and a book. There you go. Yeah. I just and had to remember when the whole Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> mishap happened. <laughs> and I think I was in LA when that happened. So that would have been, yeah. 
<laughs> Yay, I didn't fail. <laughs> and this one will be for funsies. The Martian, James Bond, Spectre, Ant-Man. Was it 2010, 2000, or 2015? 2015. You're correct. Five yeah! for five. Very good. Sweet. All right. Look at you go. If you did anything before the 2000s, though, I probably would have failed. <laughs> I mean, I might have not watched all of them, but like I kind of I've filthy content about it. I think Tim tried to take your age into consideration when writing the questions. Thank A you very bit. much. Appreciate it. <laughs> he, however, did not take into account that you may not have seen these movies. <laughs> Okay, now I know I'm going to go watch 10 Things I Hate About You tonight. There you go. That's going to be my tonight one. That's Heath Ledger, right? Uh, yeah. It is. Pre-Joker, yes. Uh, little Baby Heath. Oh, I was thinking about a different movie. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, the one mm-hmm. with... Um... The, one, the movie where Joker and Robin go to school together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one were you thinking of, Nick? <laughs> Uh, how to lose a guy in ten days? Uh, oh, that's a that's a that's a ten different ten movie. I know. I always get those two confused. Yeah, Yeah, that one's a really good movie, though. That was complicated place, Nick. Super funny. Thanks. You get ten things I hate about you and how to lose a guy in ten days confused. They both have ten. I get it. I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, well, Halia, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what you're doing now? Uh, Instagram is the best thing. H-A-L-L-E-A-J-O-N-E-S, Halia Jones. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter uh, is basically the two primary places where everything happens. More so my Instagram story. That's where all the chaos happens. Um, and then on SoundCloud, I'm the same thing, Leah Jones. Awesome. Very good. We will link all of those in our video description so that our viewers and our listeners can find you and stalk you the way Tim does. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I thanks mean, for like making I that awkward. Earlier, well, honestly, as we've already uh, discussed, the content is out there for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just may forget that it's there. Exactly. I, yeah. I mean, I, I have music coming out this month, which is really exciting. And I'm filming a music video for it the day I get out of quarantine. And nice. so everything will come as planned. And I'm going to use my time in isolation, uh, making more music and not making Excellent. TikToks because I refuse to give in to that world <laughs> everyone's it's like oh what a great slope. time to like make content and stuff and i'm like no i'll make music i'll watch there movies, you go. but i'm not making tiktok music so, yeah. content that's good there content yeah there you go well, i had fun right. thanks for having me yeah, absolutely want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like halia jones here today and have these uh funny and wacky conversations about food and coffee free and other fun moments for you guys to be able to listen to so if you haven't already at the bottom of your screen somewhere down there is that beautiful subscribe button go ahead and smash that as many times as you can 
It only works once though, but uh, we want to make sure that you guys do that and be sure to check out Halia's work as well, not only on Instagram and Twitter, but also SoundCloud as well. Now, however, if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint, complaint department. I'll get that right yet. And that would be Dodge from Lock and Key. She'll appear with the Anywhere key and pop into your head with the head key and remove the memory. And if you still aren't happy, she'll use the identity key and turn you into her and have you thrown into the Omega portal. Either way, something's going to happen to the offending party and you can continue to enjoy the show. Thanks again, Halia. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. All right. Goodbye, everybody. And thanks for watching. Goodbye. Bye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you will give Red Shirt Crewman number 64. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins the locks of protecting the keys against Dodge, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his memories. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. information about level up lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below on behalf of the rest of the hosts of funny science fiction we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode if you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes please contact us by means of our facebook group funny science fiction you can find us on twitter or instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi or you can go to draytonallen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page thanks again hope you enjoyed the episode 